Hi, and welcome to the Fear to Fortitude podcast. I'm your host, Coach Latavia Renee. Today, I have special guests with me, Ralph Anania. I'll give him a few moments to introduce himself, and then we'll get started. Ralph? Hi, Latavia. Thank you for having me on your show today. It's an absolute uh, honor and a pleasure to be here with you. I'm from Sydney, Australia. I've had um, many, many years of, of running and owning and building um, some successful businesses and uh, raised in an Italian family. My parents came out from Italy. Uh, I was born here in Australia and dealt with many challenges along the way. It was a, a tough sort of an upbringing, but a very good upbringing because it was um, one that uh, kept me grounded. Uh, learned a lot from, from humble beginnings from the family and learned a lot about uh, integrity, respect and and how to um, to live a life of, of purpose and, and be driven through that purpose. I've had the, the opportunity to um, share the stage and speak in 14 different countries around the globe today. I've mentored um, thousands and thousands of, of people. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing that is my calling, um, I've been blessed to be able to help people navigate through life and their own challenges. I've had plenty of my own that I've had to navigate through and, and still do today as we, we all do. None of us are perfect. And um, those who think we are have some serious pro problems. So, um, you know, my, my journey forward is to, to help people navigate through, through their challenges and, um, and their fears, of course, which is, uh, you know, what we're going to be discussing today. So um, I've got three beautiful children uh, that I'm, I've been blessed with and, um, and they are my life. So I, uh, I sort of uh, enjoy, you know, spending the time that I do with them and, um, and, now it's basically helping those move forward and, and navigate through their own journey of life. That's awesome. You mentioned your children and this came up in your book. So I'm, I'm starting right off here at the beginning of bringing up your book, which I am in the process of reading. And I have to say, I am quite enjoying reading your book. And you mentioned in your book how incredibly important family is, that that's just one of those, those values that you have grown up with and that you have kept uh, in alignment with, even in having your own family and with your children. And one of the things that struck me that you said in your book was that we all have to define success for ourselves. And your definition of success was directly linked to your children. You mentioned, you know, you could accomplish this, you can buy this and do that, all the materialistic things, but what will matter a hundred years from now uh, in your definition of success, is what you left here in your children, what they're accomplishing and what they hand to their children and so on and so forth. And when I read that, I connected to that immediately, though I have no biological children of my own. And I immediately had the idea, it's like, I've got to ask him this. What would you say to those of us who don't have children, how that might factor into what it matter what matters that we've left in the earth a hundred years from now? Um, I think it's still pretty much the same. I, I still believe that it's the the difference that you make in the lives of our next generation. So for me, I've got my children and and all three are very different. And you know, I love them equally, of course, as as most people say they do, but I do. Um, and they're different characters in in their own rights. But but further to that. Mm -hmm. um, the most important thing for me is to be able to make a difference in the lives of our next generation because they are our future. 
And the world is changing rapidly. Um, we, we've, we're moving at a very, very, very fast pace. And I don't think that there's enough attention being put on understanding what it means to be able to navigate through the future. Um, and most, and, I, and I've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot with, with parents that haven't spent the time with their children uh, because they've been too busy, that their children are basically off doing different things, but no connection, no, no, no direction or connection directly to a, a purpose that will guide them towards uh, changing lives of somebody else. It's like they're being, I guess, a little bit um, selfish is the word, not that I want to use the word selfish, but their, their, their focus is, is on themselves and their surroundings. And that's very short-lived, it's superficial. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I, I've lived through that that p- part of that phase of life as well. And you, you know, as you get older, you get wiser and and you realize more things. But um, for those who who don't have children, like you say, um, it's still making a difference in somebody else's life. What can you leave behind that you were you were um, uh, called to do? We're all born with a with a calling. You know, we're all born with a calling and. You know, I, I mention it in my book. You know, one of the, the greatest verses in the Bible that I, I believe in is that many, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. And we're all called. We're all called. The, the reality is that each and every one of us is called. We all have a purpose. We're all born with that purpose. But most people um, don't know what that is and they live their life without purpose or they don't know what that purpose is. And that's why we, we, we see that only few are chosen. And and it's it's something that you need to um, to determine what it is that you want to leave behind, and and everybody can do that. It's just the old saying of paying it forward. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. It's paying it forward. Yeah, I love love that answer, and you're so right. There are many ways that we can um, affect the next generation, and being disconnected from purpose. I think is one of the things that caused the greatest amount of fear in my past was not, I didn't have direction and I didn't have purpose. And so that made the world, uh, that made building a life that much more difficult throughout my journey. But getting back to your journey, I know that you started your entrepreneurial journey at a very, very young age. Can you tell me a little bit about how that happened that you started so young? So my dad had a little small business in, in the suburb that we lived in. Uh, it was a, a fruit stall, um, you know, fruit and vegetable shop and uh, grew up basically before and after school working in the store and, and weekends and, um, you know, followed dad everywhere. I mean, he took me everywhere from, from the age of like three or four. I'd, I'd you know, visit local farmers. I'd go to the central markets with him very early in the morning. And, you know, I learned a lot of, of what dad would do and the negotiations, you know, and especially the, the, the hustle and bustle of the central markets. You know, you can imagine in the, in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, where, where it was all, um, you know, hands-on. It was really, really uh, um, the small business, you know, the small business operator was um, was you know, they were dominant, very dominant in those days. And um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how he negotiated. I learned a lot about how he would, would speak to his customers and treat to his uh, treat his customers. In fact, you know, it came back to the store and, 
And it was all about customer service in those days. You know, it was all about the connection. It was about building relationships. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize it until I was like in my 20s that, um, you know, all of those lessons, you know, just basically kept happening naturally because I had experienced it for so long, you know, and that was, um, that, that was the transition was quite seamless for me because it was just a natural occurrence. Um, and sometimes I take it for granted because there are a lot of people that I deal with today that um, have started a business and don't really know, you know, how to navigate through that. And they do get themselves into trouble. And I, and I see a lot of people who have, who have got the skill, who are, have got a degree in a, in, a, in a certain area, but they don't have business skills. Mm-hmm. And business skills are very, very, very important. And, you, you know, you see it a lot with, um, with trades that, um, you know, that may, you, might, you might see a mechanic or you might see a plumber or you might see an electrician or you might see a beautician or a hairdresser. You know, I've worked with all of those industries um, and, and many, many more where, you know, they, they go and learn the craft they have the skill, they have the degree, but they don't learn how to run and grow a successful business. And as good as they are, and I've seen many, many, many businesses that are really, really good businesses, but they run terribly, like run, run terribly because they don't understand how to structure, how to build the foundation, how to grow upon that. They don't know, they don't know um, the fundamentals uh, is what's missing. And and therefore they they sort of fall away and get into trouble. They go they go under. Um, that's sort of what what led me then to growing um, my own businesses to be able to to get out there and and um, and take what I had learned. But it came naturally. It just it just sort of happened. It evolved. You know, I I built a business that um, just over you know, 25, 27 years, you know, it went from, you know, zero to 130 plus million dollars and 350 staff in, you know, seven different locations. So it was, um, it was, you know, the overnight success it takes 25 years to do, you know, that's pretty much what it is. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but that's how I, I, I sort of came through it. The interesting thing though, is that I noticed the difference today, you know, when I'm talking to people and, I mentor certain people that their children are involved in the business and I see the difference between their children and my children. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. They've seen me do it for so long that my children have that entrepreneurial flair. Yeah. You know, they just have it because they've seen me from a very young age and they've been with me by my side and they've been involved in, in everything that I do, that it just transfers. I guess I, you know, I'm blessed in that regard that I, I've been able to experience it. But let me tell you, there's, there's the challenges in that as well because sometimes you think you're invincible and sometimes you take on things that, um, that you think that you can get done but, you know, you may have missed the risk factor or you may, you may not have analysed the risk as much as you should have. And they're all lessons that I've learned and it's cost me a lot of money. You know, I've, I've lost millions and millions of dollars over the years but those lessons, no one and no university anywhere in the world can teach you those lessons. No one. You've got to go through it yourself. You can read a book cover to cover that will tell you everything you need to know, but until you experience it yourself, you won't get it. Um, and and that's, that's the journey, I guess, um, you know, from, from the young age and, and, and uh, mirroring my dad. Yeah, you said so much in there that I, I want to dig into. First, you 
you were all in my business with the, uh, you learn these skills, but then you don't learn how to actually run a business. And so even with uh, going through learning skills for coaching, you know, I, I am a, a very powerful coach. And I knew that when I finished my coach training program, but I was not a business person whatsoever. So it didn't matter how powerful I was because I didn't know how to share my voice. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to put myself out there in any way, shape or form. So I can relate wholeheartedly to that, that you'll go and you'll, you'll get a trade, you'll get a skill. And in that, I didn't even realize until the very end of the program, like, oh, shoot, this, if I do this in the way that I envision it, I need to be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. I need, this is a business. This isn't, you know, there's, I'm not doing it for another company. I have to build it. And it was a whole um, culture shock, really, for lack of a, a better word. There was a whole language to it that I had to learn that I didn't understand. And our coach training program actually sent out surveys to ask, you know, what did they do well? What could they do better? And overwhelmingly, a lot of us were like, we have this skill, but we don't know how to run businesses. And so they quickly built something for us and responded to that to help us grow into that direction. And I love that that you brought up how you were able to pick up things at a very young age, just because that's your father was doing it. You were watching it, learning it. You pass that to your children. My best friend and I discussed this very often. Her mother owned several businesses when she was a kid. It, so it's natural to her. It's what she teaches her children. And in the beginning, I would have conversations with her and she would kind of push back on me like, why do you think you can't do that? We can all do that. It's that a lot of us don't know that we can do it. or We don't think that we can do it. And then you bring up a very uh, another very strong point is that when you have that natural ability, it was naturally in your environment that you might take for granted and think that you're invincible, yes. that, that nothing, nothing can ever touch you. So how did you re react when you did find something like, oh, shoot, that didn't go kind of as planned? How did you kind of recover and get back on your feet? That's a great question. And, you know, I've come close to bankruptcy three times in my 37 years now of being in businesses and running, you know, multiple, multiple companies. But the challenge is always to be able to navigate through the storm. Mm -hmm. Most people tend to give up. And we go back to, you know, the, the, the verse, many are called, but few are chosen. And the reason that is, is because most people give up. And the easy way out, and we see this all the time, the easy way out is for, you know, someone to file for, um, I'm not sure what it is around the world in different areas, but file for bankruptcy, let's yeah. just call it as it is, right? Um, if you, you get to a point where um, you haven't decided um, which way you want to go and for what reason, the easiest way is to just put your hands up and you declare yourself bankrupt. That, that removes all of the challenges that you're going to have because yes you do go bankrupt yes you're not allowed to back in a business for x amount of years and 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 yes it sort of wipes all your debt but it does leave scars and some people don't care i see people you know i see people that are that do that all the time just purely and simply because they're corrupt right that was never a contributing factor for me so every time that i 
that I got into that position, mm-hmm. I dug deep. I had conversations with the suppliers that I had owed money to. I had um, put in place payment terms to be able to get back on top and they allowed me to rebuild, right? And every time that that had happened, you know, it was worse than going bankrupt because you were in a really deep hole that you had to dig yourself out of. You had no choice. And, you know, not not that, um, you know, I want to make this uh, uh, a spiritual journey, but you know, it's sort of a lot. If if you believe in in faith and you believe in God, you know, one of one of the things that 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 is is true is that you know God brings you to a place where you've got no choice but to turn to Him, right? And 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 that's and that's the the the, the part where the shift occurs. Mm-hmm. The shift occurs when you've got nowhere else to go but to turn and trust and trust God in that process. And for me, it was about understanding what I had in front of me and being able to navigate through that storm. And every time that I did that, I came out of it and I had learned a lot. The, the, the challenge is that you come out of it, you learn a lot, you grow, but then you've got another obstacle that comes before you. And for whatever reason, you may not have been, been aware of it. It's not the same as what you went through before, but it feels the same because you're in that same position, you're in the same hole, but it's not. So when I say I've come close three times, come close because of different circumstances and the circumstances were, were um, you know, b- because of a number of things. I mean, the first time was that I had, um, you know, one of my biggest clients that had gone bankrupt and owed me a lot of money. So therefore, I owed a lot of money as well and I had to navigate myself through that. And, you know, the, the, there was another time where I had a, a um, internal financial controller um, that had stolen over half a million dollars from me, which caused a lot of challenges for me. And I didn't know until the bank came knocking on the door and said, you haven't made payments in six months and now we're going we're gonna to shut you down. You know, it, it's, it's those sort of things that you're not aware because you trust people, they're in their position. And, and some people know how to, if, if they're corrupt, they know how to play that game. Um, and when you're, when you're in a business that you're building, um, you know, you, you're, in, you're in the business, you work in the business. And it was at that point when that happened, um, you know, 20 odd years ago now that I took a step back and I said, no, from this point forward, I'm going to take control and I'm going to make sure that I've got the right reporting system in place where I know every single day what my transactions are and, and whether we are banking money or not banking money. And, you know, it was basically, I got to a point where I asked for a bank rec uh, bank reconciliation to happen every single day. Now, people people would say to me, you know, that's excessive. Sure, it's excessive, but you haven't lost half a million dollars. I have, and and that's how I started to become a lot more diligent and disciplined in what I do. And that's what I teach today. I, you know, everything that I teach is what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. The journey that I've been on is 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 from the experience that I've accumulated and the wisdom over the years, which is which is why I wrote my book because it shares all of that and it prepares you for the things that you can't see. And, and one of the, the biggest lessons that, um, that I learned and I, and I make this, you know, a, a habit of, of asking all the time um, when I'm mentoring a business or a individual is always ask yourself the question, what is it that I'm missing? What can't I see? Because if you ask yourself that question, you will start to look for 
the red flags, let's let's call it, you know, the red flags that you may be missing. And there's always something. And that is what will keep you um, from becoming complacent because complacency is a very, very dangerous place in business. Yes, indeed. I think a lot of uh, people got a a hard and fast lesson on that the last two years with COVID-19 just turned the world upside down. We had supply chain issues and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It, it just kept going, touched every part of our lives. Every one of us knows someone who either caught COVID or we've caught it ourselves and we saw how it can, it can stop things dead in its tracks. And, and really time in the world waits for no one. And so, mm. you know, bills kept piling up, interest kept piling up, costs to businesses and to the individual kept piling up. What would you say has been the greatest lesson that you learned or that you um, were able to share with people from this this recent season of what feels like chaos? The biggest lesson is to prepare, always prepare, ensure that you're in a financial position that no matter what happens, that you can weather the storm. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- one of the things that, that I w- would always do in my business is I would always allow for a buildup of reserves that would see me through any challenges. Now, COVID was, was unexpected. Nobody in the, the world was prepared for, for COVID. And yes, there are people that have done very well out of COVID and, and, uh, and that's, that's great. But, you know, the, the reality is that no one was really prepared and it, and it and changed the way that people operate, the way they connect, the way that they run their businesses. Everything has, has changed. You know, and this is why I say, you know, always look at what it is that you could be missing. And the more, the stronger you are from a financial position, the more you you opportunity you have for for when these challenges occur, because it will allow you to do things with uh, without the fear connected. People, people automatically go into fear when they haven't prepared. Mm. You know, they haven't, they haven't prepared. And one, one of the, um, you know, I, I, I like to take sort of lessons out of movies sometimes and the right movies, but there's a, a great movie that, um, that I, I absolutely love and watch it a number of times called Facing the Giants. Mm. And in that movie, there's a... Um, there's a coach, and it's, it's based on uh, American football. It's a Christian movie, and it's a it's a um, it's a great got a great storyline. But in in the one part of the movie, um, the the coach is having a hard time, and he's really challenged. And the um, the preacher of the school walks into his office, and he said, he said, Grant, the Lord is not done with you yet. You know, you you have a greater purpose here. And and he said, I was just led to tell you that. And he and he followed the the preacher out into the hallway, and he said, um, he said, Did God really send you? you know, to, to say that to me. And he said, um, Grant, let me tell you a story. You know, and I've written this in my book, um, by the way. Um, he said, let me tell you a story. He said, you know, there were two farmers and they desperately prayed for rain. He said they both needed rain and they both desperately prayed for rain. But only one of them went out and prepared the field hmm. to receive the rain. Which one are you? And, and that is exactly how business is in general most people don't prepare their fields for the rain when the rain's going to come 
God will send the rain when 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 the rain is is due. But but you if you don't prepare your field, you're not going to be able to. You're going to get the rain, but you're not going to actually receive it to do any good because mm-hmm. you haven't prepared the field. So basically, it's about preparing, always preparing, and having that element of risk mitigation, mm-hmm. right? And and most people, unfortunately, today we live in a, a world where it's all about looking good and having material things and keeping up with what social media tells us that we have to do. Um, and most people spend too much time worrying about looking good and and not preparing their fields and not, not really looking at what they need to do in their own businesses should something of you know this caliber of COVID occur again. So the, the shift for most people is understanding now that they do need to prepare. Mm-hmm. Change is something that a lot of people struggle with, and there is a lot of fear connected to change. A lot of people don't like change. COVID, though, has made it a little bit easier because we have had no choice. Right. Change has been put upon us, whether we like it or not. And, and therefore, um, you know, there is that, that shift, but it's come at a cost. It's come at a cost. It's come at a great devastation. There, there, are, there are, you know, thousands and thousands of businesses that have not recovered, thousands of businesses that did not reopen, you know, and it is very, very sad. Now, in, in saying that as well, I also believe there's a great opportunity mm-hmm. because we're, we're, what we're seeing around the globe today is that we're seeing that each country needs to be self-sufficient again and not rely on one country or two countries to supply things for us. And I'm not going to go into, you know, um, mentioning which countries, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows who they are. But we need to bring manufacturing back into our own country. Maybe not everything, but we need to bring manufacturing back. We need to bring small businesses back into running, you know, and and supporting the economy because small businesses are the backbone of every, every country because they're the backbone of our economy. They employ more people than the corporations do. And that's, what, that's what's changed over the last 50 years is that the mum and dad businesses are, um, you know, are, have gone by the wayside. And, and this is, this is where, where the shift, you know, um, the opportunity for that, that shift to change is, is there now. So um, preparation is key. And, and you're going to say, well, how do you prepare for something that you don't know, you know, may, may never come? And that's great because what it does, it keeps you disciplined and it also allows you to continue to grow with substance. So you're not growing on thin air. You're growing with substance. You've got, if you're growing and something goes wrong in the growth phase, you've got support there. You've got financial support to continue through that because not everything is going to work, you know, the first time around. It may need adjusting. It may need time. So... I hope I've answered your question. I know I, I sort of went on a, a little bit on that, but um, yeah, that's what I think the this global pandemic has um, has created. Uh, and if if people look at that uh, on on a in a different light, they'll see a different result. Mm-hmm. Majority of people though have have looked at it as doom and gloom, and and if we look at it as doom and gloom, that's all we'll get is doom and gloom. Yeah, that was yeah, great answer. Um, there were so many lessons in everything that you just said. One of the main takeaways that I have from that is you mentioned being prepared. That is going to rain. The latter rain is promised. But if you don't prepare, then you don't benefit 
one man's flood could be another man's blessing for his crop that you've yeah. got to have something that that you've prepared in order to to be a recipient of what is good even in something that looks like a storm the other thing that that is a common thread of course is faith in in spirituality and all of this the entire world was forced to accept change and we can look at that as a curse or we can look at that as a blessing even though it, it can be difficult for some, in every problem, there's a solution, there's opportunity. Part of me has been, oh my God, the life is, that I've known is over. And thank God, this is a new fresh launch pad, a new start to uh, see the things that I wasn't seeing before, to wake up to new opportunities that I didn't know were available before. There there was a whole paradigm shift and it brings me back to when you said earlier that, you know, sometimes God brings us to this place where we have nowhere else to turn, but him. And it's not a punishment. It's not, it's, it's just, no one has as many resources as the creator has, <laughs> you know, right. who else are you going to go to other than the creator of it all? And so I found myself in that place during this time. There was a tremendous amount of fear on a personal level um, and on a business level of what the next day might hold. With yourself or even the, the people that you work with, what were some of the new concerns or anxieties that you would start to hear people bring up and talk about? during this period that they didn't bring up or talk about before? I think the, the biggest thing was how everything changed so quickly and um, basically it was like their whole world was turned upside down and they weren't prepared for it. That, 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 that's, that's common. That's common across mm -hmm. every, yeah. every industry, every, every, every client that I, I was working with and, and on, a global, on a global level because I... You know, I have clients in the US, in Canada and, you know, all over the, the, the world. But the one thing that, that, that really stuck was understanding the navigation through what was to come because we, when, when COVID first hit and, and we're, we went through our first sort of um, series of, of lockdowns, um, that was a major change for, for a lot of people and navigating through that and planning forward uh, was the hardest thing because they didn't know how to do that. Then you were, you were challenged with what, um, what was the future going to look like and most of them couldn't see that because they were, everybody was, was going through their own level of fear mm -hmm. and to be able to navigate through that fear You've got to basically take away what is currently around you and just plan and navigate through the new plan, but but have it flexible enough that you can you can make changes quickly. Mm -hmm. So you if you if you don't set a foundation that you can build upon, then um, you know you're you're only going to end up with the same result and. I, I always say to, to everybody that I deal with in business, if you don't have a plan, then you don't know where it is that you're going. And if, if, if you have a plan and you can navigate through it, then tweaks and changes will happen. And if, um, if 
the industry that you're in has been turned upside down, then understand where the the benefits are, focus on the benefits moving forward and what it will look like. And it may it may mean that you need to shift your business completely. Mm-hmm. For me, the the clients that I deal with, um, whilst I've I've dealt with, you know, uh, you know, literally um, dozens of in, of industries, um, my my expertise and experience and and skills lie in in food. So I, I I tend to work a lot with with food manufacturers, fresh food. You know, um, it's just what I or or automatically sort of um, fall into right because of my background. Um, the good thing about that is that you know, everyone still needs to eat regardless of what's happening around the globe. So that, that's, a, that's a great thing. But it's still, it still changed the way people do business. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of businesses weren't prepared for. You know, we saw a shift to online. Some people, you know, some of my clients weren't prepared for that. So they didn't have an online presence. They didn't have the vehicles to deliver. There was a whole new um, process that we had to plan for. And going through that, I've seen some businesses do exceptionally well mm-hmm. because they 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 we started from scratch, we planned, and we navigated through that. And there was a lot of adjustments that needed to be made. You know, we we've had two years of of two full years of COVID, and we've had two full years of of lockdowns, not lockdowns, you know, restrictions and all those sort of things, which you have to adjust. Yeah. And that's the part that most people weren't prepared to do the work in because mm-hmm. when they should have been planning, they were sitting in a corner in a ball um, crying and, you know, fearing that, you know, they've just lost everything. And it is devastating. You know, I, I had one of my clients, uh, their partner committed suicide during, uh, during one of the lockdowns. And it's, and it's very, very, very sad that, you know, businesses have, have gone, um, have gone broken and those that were closed down during lockdowns that didn't reopen. Um, you know, our major cities haven't fully recovered yet. So those small businesses could never recover. But you can't sit in that in that fear regardless of what it's done to you because if you use what you've learned and the experience and you take that into the next stage, you will build a better business from the experience that you've had. But most, mm. most people, unfortunately, get stuck and they live in that doom and gloom. They, they sit in that spot. Um, and, you know, and, and don't, don't, uh, don't think for one minute that I've got all the answers because there are, there are many times where I, I sort of fall back and, and think, wow, this is – but I have to shift really quickly. So, you know, I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. So it, does fear creep in? Yeah, sometimes it does, but it – I don't allow it to stay. That's mm-hmm. the difference. You know, I when I when I know that I'm in that in that zone, I I do whatever I need to do to move out of it. And mm-hmm. you know, there's been a couple of things that have um, shifted for me greatly in in the last couple of years, and that is that you know I've always had mentors that um, that I've turned to, and they are spiritual mentors, business mentors, you know, um, f- physical health well-being i i always surround myself with with a number of mentors that i tap into and during this this last you know two years of covid i have tapped into them a lot more mm-hmm. you know not not because of of 
my um, inexperience, but because I didn't want to stay in fear in that zone. And, and you know, I've had um, multiple challenges that, that I've had to deal with. You know, I had, um, had some, some personal um, challenges, some me- um, um, medical challenges that I've had to deal with all in the last 12 months. And, you know, it's quite easy to get, to get caught up and, and, you know, be in a, in a, in a very um, lonely, depressive state. And, and there have been many, many, many dark moments, let me tell you, because we're all, you know, we are human. We get, we get to that. The, the secret is navigating through that, you know, and doing the work. And, you know, I've had to do more work than I've ever done before. You know, I'm 57 years of age, but, you know, I'm the fittest and healthiest I've been in my entire life. And, you know, I, I, um, I've had to work hard to be able to get to the point that I am today and, and learn a lot from the experiences, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where I talk about not staying in, in fear. Right. Uh, such a good point that that is a very defining difference uh, between, you know, those who thrive and, and those who find that they're not. Often it is because they aren't able to shift. Um, they identify themselves with the job or with the business. So, for instance, if you're running your own business and the business fails, you take that much more personally in general yeah. than you would if you're working for another company. And, you know, that you're, you know, they eliminate your position, let's say. It's still a huge deal, still a huge deal. But it's all I've learned, at least for me in my own experience, that I take my business much more personally when it's when I see something going on that I need to address that is a much more personal thing. And I found myself for the first few years being on a huge emotional roller coaster. And you're right, it's very important to be able to shift quickly, especially when it's it's a company that you're leading up. You want to be able to shift out of that state of fear or out of that state of despair, whatever that might be for you very quickly. You brought this up. I don't know if it's something of yours that I read or something that you said. You talked about being able to adjust, being able to respond to the market quickly. Um, yep. And the way I put it is the ability to have agility as you previously stated you have you have a plan but that plan also needs to have room in it for flexibility for you to respond to changes in the market for you to prepare even for what you may not even know is coming just know that give yourself as much space for the unexpected to occur so we've all heard this saying to expect the best but prepare for the worst um, and I, I can see that playing out um, both naturally, just in our in our personal selves, emotionally, and in business principles. That these are things, these are skills and things that that will serve us well. To me, you summed it very nicely, and, and you, you don't sit in it. Something happens, you can acknowledge that you're having the emotion, the experience. Uh, you can acknowledge that something is fearful, but you don't want to own it and live in that space. You said that you shift very quickly. What has been the the most effective way that you have found to be able to shift in those moments uh, to get out of that that space? Um, so <laughs> that's a great question. the The shift comes from identifying where you sit. Hmm. A lot of people can't do that because they're in it, yeah. right? And and 
this is this is where the value of a great mentor comes in. The, the challenge that that we have, though, and I've experienced it personally so much over the years, is that we have mentors that haven't experienced what you're going through, so therefore they can't guide you through it. Mm-hmm. And one of the 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 differences that I uh, or differentiate myself with is that I've lived and breathed 99.9% of what my clients are going through. So therefore, I'm able to understand. It may not be, you know, right to the T, but it would be so close to what they're going through that I have already experienced it, that I know what we need to do. And for anyone in business, regardless of whether they can afford to or not, they do need a mentor. They definitely need a mentor because a mentor will see what you can't see, right? It's it's, and I say this all the time. You know, you look at the greatest athletes in the world, the greatest sports people in the world, right? Look at Rafael Nadal. You know, one of the greatest tennis players of our time. But you know, he goes out and plays, and his coach is in the in the stands watching every swing, every move, because he can't do it while he's playing. He can't watch himself swing. He can't notice what he's done. So by having somebody there that that can watch you swing, so to speak, will be able to tell you what you need to do and adjust to be able to um, to win the game. And I always refer um, or use a lot of sports analogy in business because, you know, if you are, if you've got challenges in your business, you know, it's like a, a sports team that's losing at half time and and the coach gives them this 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 great um, chat and tells them what they've been doing wrong and makes some adjustments and they go back out in the field and they win the game, right? They may be down and it doesn't look like they win, but they come back and win. That's the same in business. And the reason that that is is so successful is because when you engage your team, mm-hmm. right, and get everybody uh, on the same journey as you, that's where the shift starts to occur as well because most most small businesses tend to think that they need to do it all on their own and they're what I find is that they don't like to share their vision or they not that they don't like to, um, but they don't share their vision. So therefore, nobody knows what the vision is. Um, I like to regularly meet with, um, with the team and, and with, with the organisations that I um, work with, which are predominantly um, you know, mum and dad businesses, smaller, smaller even, even larger, but still, still family owned. Mm-hmm. Um, is regularly engage with the team because the team is what will make the shift occur, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have if you don't have the people around you that are on that same journey as you, the shift will be very very hard because you're you're rowing in one direction, they're rowing in another. So, so it's been able to to basically look forward enough to start navigating, but not far enough so it's not achievable. So when I when I look at a business, I, I sit down and I say, okay, where, where do we need to go to be where we want to be in 12 months' time? So we look at 12 months' time, but then we bring it right back and we then start to plan week by week and then month by month and we continue to add to that. So when we've when we've gone through the first month of changes, what does the second month, what do we learn from the first month or even the first week? What do we need to do next week that we didn't do this week? What adjustments do we need to make from what we've learned this week? That's how detailed it needs to be. Doesn't need to be difficult, but it needs to be that detailed. So even as 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 
bring it back to day uh, daily. You know, what did we what did we learn yesterday that we need to adjust for tomorrow? You know, it's it's that that much yeah that that much has to has to play a part in you moving forward. What um, most businesses do is they don't have any of that. They come to work and they continue doing the same thing and expecting that different result, and that's not going to happen, right? right? And you do need to adjust for everything that is occurring because we look at we say that you know the world is changing, but the effect that is happening, and most people don't don't understand because they're not aware of it. But you know there there is a a global um, catastrophe coming with supply in every area purely and simply because of you know the way that um that we've gone through the the challenges with COVID and the shipping um costs and the manufacturing and the raw materials and it just it 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 never ends i mean there's there's so much to it that the average person doesn't see because they they don't get they don't get deeply into it and if you're just working in a job that's all you'll you'll focus on yeah um you know, and I see I see multiple uh, industries going through through that right now, where their their challenge is being able to um, get supplies and the the amount of money that it's costing them for those supplies, which is far greater than it was twelve months ago, and mm-hmm. you know having having to change and shift and 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 um, adjust for for what is coming because we've gone through the global pandemic with the the virus per se, but you know, we're in, in for a, a global financial pandemic that is going to hit us, you know, in, in this next 12 months that we need to prepare for mm-hmm. because governments don't have any money to hand out anymore. And it's, and it's no good saying, um, blaming the government that there's no, no money now. It's about what do we need to do to position ourselves to navigate through this? Yeah. And this is where, where we go back to, you know, most people live in fear, so they turn to social media and their presence of what they need to portray to make themselves look good. You know, you need to be real. You know, you just, you need to be real, whatever that looks like. As I said to you, and I've said right through through this conversation is, you know, I'll be the first person to tell you that I'm not perfect. I've made many mistakes. I've had many, many challenges, you know, I've, and I've been through it, you know, all, all recently as well, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, nav- navigating through it, you know, the, the, the latest lockdown, you know, affected me pretty pretty badly it was like I was a caged lion it, it, it affected me it affected my partner um, you know it was it was a really challenging time and and it came at a cost you know it came at a cost that 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 I'm not not proud of but you know I've had to navigate through that and continue to navigate through that and and it saddens me it really saddens me for um, for for what what has transpired from that but we can't let fear continue to determine what our future is going to look like because yeah. that's that's then when you you you've basically given up right. and then that's failure when you've given up that's failure indeed indeed love that um that brings me right to your book life done right uh, i even love the title i think a lot of people they don't realize how much their personal life can affect business and business can affect their personal life. And it was, it was uh, evident that you understand that in the way that you wrote your book, written from such a human standpoint, even with all of the amazing accomplishments, you were, to me, able to speak 
to me on a, on a personal level. I felt like I was talking to someone who could see me exactly. And see, I said talking and we weren't talking, but that's the way I felt when I was reading your book, um, that I was talking to someone who, who could reach me where I was, who knew where I'd been, had been there, done that, and, and was able to share the wisdom for that. The analogy that you use, the sports analogy that you use, I love. A lot of people think when I mention coaching or when I mention mentoring that it's, that's for the week. And that's just not the case. Our, our best, greatest minds and athletes and all of these people we hold in high esteem and respect, they have coaches and they have mentors. And, and this is why. Just like you said, you can't be inside of it and viewing it from the outside at the same time. So uh, when the tennis player is out taking the swing, the coach and the mentor is out watching exactly how that's executed. And with their wisdom and knowledge, they can they can ex- help you expand that skill and that gift because they were able to see it from the outside looking in. Uh, I've heard it this way. It's very hard to read the label from inside the jar. It's not necessarily, it's not a place of weakness. It just goes to the fact that even in business, it takes a village. When I first heard the term solopreneur, I had this idea that I was going to be able to accomplish all these great things just on my own. And that's not what that means. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what yeah. that means at all. Uh, it has taken a village of people who have, who are, even if they're only one step ahead of me, they picked up something on that step that I can learn from. You get so much power and so much wisdom when you know that you're never too big for a mentor. You're never so far ahead of everyone in the world that there is no one you can turn to and say, what do you see that I'm not seeing? What a powerful question you have given us to ask ourselves. What is it that we are not seeing? I think that the journey of life is one that is, um, is, has been created for us. Now, we, we're given the opportunity to navigate through that on our own or we're given the opportunity to be able to look for the support and whatever that support is for you um, is, is different for everybody. You know, when I, when I wrote my book and why I wrote my book, um, Life Done Right, was not because my life is, is perfect in any means, but it's, it's about giving inspiration to those who are on their journey but haven't quite got to understand what their purpose may be and, and are stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and I see that a lot, you know, from sort of late 20s to 40, there are people that are, that are just lost in that, in that age bracket uh, where they've done a lot but now they don't know what's next. And it's not about the accomplishments. It's, it's not about the accomplishments that, um, that I wrote the book about. It, it's about giving the reader like you say it's like me speaking and I didn't go to university I didn't have the opportunity to I had had a really challenged um schooling uh upbringing at school because you know it was it was a real challenge so I didn't learn at school as well as most people so a lot of what I've done and achieved I've had to you know to to do courses and and teach myself through it um but it was more about giving the next generation a tool to not just inspire but also guide them on their journey and how to how to overcome some of the the challenges that they're going to face 
because those challenges are always going to be there. What, what you've got to do is, is not turn that challenge into fear. Now, if you find yourself in fear, just be aware of it, but don't stay in it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's really, I guess, the, the, the message that I want to, you know, leave the, your listeners with is that, you know, if you come to the point where you're in fear, take yourself away from that, move, move out of your head because this little thing up here is what gets us all into trouble and remove yourself from that, breathe and feel and listen to your heart. Don't, don't, don't think it, feel it. Mm. And when you feel it, that's when you'll, you'll be able to, to grow because your, your mind will, will tell you stories that are not true. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's the part that, that everyone needs to be careful of is, is that your mind will tell you stories mm. that are not true. And if you stay in your mind, you're going to end up believing those stories. Yes. Wow. Love that. I'll leave it there because I don't want to mess with it. That was so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ralph. This has been fantastic. And I do hope that in the future I can have you on again. This has been absolutely fantastic. You all make sure that you check out Ralph's book. I think it's going to be out in the United States in June-ish. Yeah, June. Yeah, June, <laughs> July. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. Life Done Right. It is such a good read and I haven't even finished it. So it's only going to get better from here. I'm, I'm halfway through it and already um, I have enjoyed it so much. Where can people find you? Probably the easiest is my website, which is just ralphanania.com. Awesome. All right. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Fear to Fortitude podcast. You have been under the wisdom of Ralph Anania. 